0: Hey, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, you want to go on a date? Just so you know, most people fall in love with me. Please don't do that. Like,
1: the biggest thing that I want to know is um, just how can I help?
0: There's this fear that maybe I'm making it up. Maybe I really am straight and I'm, I'm. it's not really real.
2: I guess I just want to know how to safely go about making sure that they don't harm anyone. Honestly feel like I'm catfishing people on dating apps. And to be completely honest, I... I think that I'm still coming to terms with what happened, and I still replay the scenario over and over in my head.
3: This podcast is all about your stories, and we've heard a lot of them. Heartbreak, anger, confusion, and curiosity. It's one big DM for the hookup fam. You get really raw with us, and in return... We get to help you understand and overcome all kinds of love, sex and relationship dilemmas. But once the episode is over, we don't really hear from the people who shared those stories again. So what happens after the show's over? Where are they now? Nat Tenchich here, and in this episode, I'll be catching up with a bunch of listeners who've shared their stories on the podcast to see where they're at now and how their situation and outlook on love has changed since their episode. Because I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but people do tell me that the advice they get on this show changes their lives. And you're about to hear just how much. From getting over relationship FOMO to forgiving exes, the listeners you're about to hear from have come a really long way. Now, have you ever had someone who felt just completely perfect for you move overseas? Maybe you felt like they were the one. When we met Imogen in January, she wanted to share with us a story of how a long-distance relationship can work. Problem is, it didn't really. Her first love, Jimmy, moved to the UK, and while it worked for a bit, he decided to call it quits after the tyranny of distance got to them. So they started seeing other people. Imo actually had a new boyfriend at the time we spoke the first time. But despite the split, they stayed friends, messaging every day and even getting cosy when they caught up. It had me thinking that this was an ex she was struggling to get over.
2: We broke up for, an, for a, a year mm. and I still went over there a year later and met him and we went to Portugal for a month and we were, you know, sleeping together and it was mm. still so special. Like, we will never not have that connection. And I went over there last year again um, and went to a wedding with him and we just, just love each other. And I just feel like we're just going to consistently just do that. Um, He does have a partner now and I did have a partner when I went to the wedding with him last year. But it was like nothing had changed. Like obviously we weren't having sex but there's still this connection that we will just forever have. And I know that, you know, a few years down the track, you know, when we have family and like I'll always contact him and if I'm in Europe, if he's, you know, in Australia, it'll just be this like really lovely connection that we have and I I just don't think that's ever gonna die.
3: How did your partner feel about this?
2: Um he I don't he wasn't super stoked about it. Mm. (laughs) I think especially because he was like a dear friend um of mine and so I'd told him the whole story um before we ended up getting together. Yeah. Um and he actually when we ended up breaking up he sort of said like, you know, I'm yeah, like I know that I'll never be Jimmy for you. Like I think that that is just someone that I'll never be and I find it kind of really upsetting.
3: Damn. Yeah. That's kind of real. How did that make you feel?
2: Yeah, it made me feel upset and I think that I just, yeah, I can understand that it's an awkward thing to still have such a connection with an ex-partner but I think that what makes it work is also the fact that he's in another country. He's not around. We're not constantly seeing each other but we still have that connection that um, I think will always, yeah, like infiltrate into other relationships. And um, But I don't ever want that to end because I love him so much and it was such a beautiful relationship. And yeah, like we lived in each other's worlds. You know, I lived in the UK and met all his loved ones and, and we then just had this actually really quiet wholesome and beautiful long-distance experience. Yeah, she had it real bad. Despite them being
3: well and truly broken up, Imogen was not able to move on.
2: I think that he is someone that will always, yeah, like be like my first choice. (laughs) So it's been about five months. Is Imo still hung
3: up on the one that got away? I caught up with her to find out. We heard before, obviously, but... The fact that you were sort of still in contact with this person um and they were still taking up a lot of your energy and time even though you were sort of dating other people and they were dating other people so how have you gone with that relationship now are you still messaging every morning
2: no the messages have now stopped um he actually is I think when we last spoke he was in a relationship but it was sort of just the beginnings of one um so yeah he's now quite um, yeah, committed to her and she, she lives with him. Um, and so, yeah, the conversation has been at a standstill at the moment.
3: Like how do you feel about that though? Like was that kind of difficult?
2: Uh, I think it is, yeah. Like I think there's a a part of me that's still quite possessive of Jim and just wanting him to give me the attention when I want it and still be that person for me even though there's quite a distance and between us Um but knowing that he's being that person for someone else was quite difficult to, to come to terms with. Um, but I think it's actually been really healing and important for um, yeah, me moving on.
3: So did you have like a conversation about where you two were at or was it more just an unspoken thing?
2: It was more an unspoken thing. Uh, I guess just the conversation started to just fade. I did get drunk one night and call him. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I, yeah, is quite on brand for me, but I hate it about myself. Um, I did call him and I, and I said some nasty things about his ex-partner, um, which I deeply regret. Uh, and so maybe that's the reason why we've also stopped communicating. But I'm almost like, I think, weirdly, I'm such a rage quitter that I find it easier to just have a blowout and then be done with it but I think that we will heal and and be friends again but from a distance and I think it's all going to be okay
3: I want to play you a a grab from Dr Lauren Rosewan and she was talking about how sort of staying stuck on someone um like Jim might have impacted your your dating and like future prospects
0: any future relationship is going to pale into insignificance because they can't compete. And this is one of those things we need to be careful. And I'm I'm saying this myself so that I learn this lesson, although I never have managed to, (laughs) you can't do that where, you know, this doesn't conjure all the same emotions at the last, relate, you know, that, that relationship you hold up in the past as being so perfect or so ideal. Mm. You know, you have to evaluate every new relationship as it comes along. If you don't, there's an element there of self-sabotage because every relationship is going to fail purely because it wasn't that one that you're idealising from the past, not fully grasping. It didn't work for a reason and pretending that we can just pick up the good pieces and forget all the bad is a really selective edit of the past. I
3: think what you've been through in terms of like having that rage quit moment um, with Jimmy might have, uh, I suppose, shattered a bit of that uh, rose-coloured glasses feeling. Um, Like, Talk to me about that and how you think back on um, the relationship with him now and and
2: being together? I think I definitely romanticised the relationship. Um, He was a really beautiful and kind person and since being with him I've, um, yeah, dated and come across some quite toxic people and people that didn't make me feel as secure as he did. Um, I think what I need to acknowledge is that as much as I'm holding on to like the only reason that we broke up is because of the distance, there was so much stuff that we needed to deal with. And honestly, I don't think it would have lasted our relationship. It's easy to romanticize first love and the distance and, you know, the one that got away, but it's not the reality.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I think where you've come to sounds like you've really grappled with a lot of those things that it's like you can appreciate what it provided for you at the time. And first love is an important experience. What I'm really interested in now is how sort of since coming to this uh, learning and realisation about that relationship and yourself, how is your dating life going now? It's
2: actually going um, surprisingly well. I think that I compared Jim to a lot of people and I found it really difficult to move past that. Um, And I was trying to find people that were very similar to him when there's so many people out there that you – Are compatible with in different ways and I think that now I mean it's been five years since we were together I've grown a lot I've changed I'm not that same person who fell in love with Jim so now I'm sort of being a bit more adventurous Um, I'm meeting a whole bunch of different people some of them good some of them bad but it's learning and um, I'm at a phase in my life where I'm really open and excited to explore
3: that's awesome. Are you feeling hopeful?
2: I'm feeling very hopeful, yeah. I think you've caught me at a good time because I did, yeah, recently go on a very good date, so Ooh. I'm feeling very excited.
3: Excellent. Uh, my fingers are crossed for you. And is the state nothing like Jim? Nothing like Jim. woo <laughs> Progress. Next up, we're revisiting Sarah's story. She got in touch with us in January about always being stuck in what she called the limbo stage. It's like that awkward phase between first swipe and actual relationship, where you're great at all the flirty banter on the apps, but can't progress that spark further into actual IRL dates or a relationship. Sarah had been going through this exact thing, languishing in a pen pal-like text relationship with a guy for two months without a date. And she was over
0: it. I think it was back in October, I met this guy on Tinder. And I think it went quite fast on both ends in the sense of names of endearments, you know, uh, one like he would be messaging me every time he'd go to work like, hey, I'm going to work and like, oh, that's great. You know, hey, I'm just having lunch. So it was just really, it really like be long, endearing conversations and really deep conversations and Lots of um, back and forth of messenger, messages and photos. And I think people, uh, especially me, it happens quite a lot where in this particular situation, it, it just came quite intense. But when it came to, I guess, addressing the conversation of, well, what are we? What is this? First of all, I think it's a bit of both in my perspective is I don't know how to address that conversation. Um, and secondly, just in previous interactions with um guys, when I have asked what we are, it seems like it becomes a bit of a negative thing to bring up. A bit of a Um, oh no,
3: scary scary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all scary. I'm gonna back away now. It's nice to know (laughs) yeah. So a lot of I've had I've had a few times where, you know, people were like, oh, it's awkward now. I'm just not gonna talk to you anymore. And it's just like, well. What were you gonna expect? Like to do this forever? In this particular um, situation, like I mean, the guy only lives like ten minute drive from my house. I've only met the guy once. We only went for one date. So you're not even really dating. You're not really friends for benefits. i I just never even had sex with the guy
3: with this guy from october that like you hadn't even slept together but you were having these like quite intimate conversations like how long how long did it go on for
0: i'd say about two months and i feel like so you know and and to be honest every night some some nights till five in the morning and it ruined my body clock (laughs) And it also messed with my mind because for me, two months is a long time. So, you know, um, and like I said, it's happened quite a few times with other with other men where it's like two months talking to this guy, three months talking to this other guy, you know, two months of maybe one or two dates here when you're just talking on Snapchat. It's, it feels like a bit of like fantasy sort of, uh, it almost feels like you're just like love pen pals almost especially if you haven't met the person. Like, I'm a confident person, but I just don't like making people uncomfortable. Mm. And I think at the same time, there's just there's just things you have to address. And I guess people might be stuck into how to do that. I know what I want. I would like to be in a relationship somewhat long-term, you know, so that would be the goal. So for me, I just find it, well, I think in this particular situation, I think it sort of the, the pin dropped and I realised what's like there is an issue. She really wanted to know how to
3: draw the line and have that conversation she's been struggling with.
0: Just to maybe break down uh, a way to address address it with uh, the people that you're interacting with and seeing if if it goes good, what to say. If it goes if it goes a bit pear shaped, what to do there. So I guess like I guess like a bit of a structured like step-by-step guide a bit and I guess like what key words I can use because I, I, I know like relationship and dating can be big scary words for people so what other words can we use or what other phrases we can use to talk about it comfortably so is she still getting stuck in limbo
3: how's her dating life
0: been since the episode Uh,
3: But from, I think it
0: was December, January, we talked, I've sort of made a few rules about meeting new people. I don't want to be doing this limbo thing again. So I've sort of been like, okay, we'll set some rules for myself. And I think the first one for me was like set set some some boundaries. So I'm not getting hurt in that sense or not wasting my time. Because I feel like our time for ourselves is precious. And we don't want to be wasting time with someone who doesn't want to be going on dates and all that sort of stuff and just being pimp house so that's
3: amazing to hear so so what
0: are what are those boundaries like what are your what are your rules um okay so the first one's like if it's online which is most of it's online if i don't hear from them from like 24 hours they're done like sort of i don't really talk to them or or carry the conversation if they've left me on red, i'm not going to initiate the conversation again and i think as well like yeah don't keep messaging them you know what I mean? Like, don't mm. keep messaging them. Um, you're setting yourself up with a disappointment mm-hmm. if he, if that person has already been like leaving you in the dark already. Another thing I've noticed too is if they say they want to make plans, then say, okay, we'll make plans. Then it's happened before where they're like, they're like, oh, I really want to take you on a date, and they're like, oh, okay. And then the date comes close, it's like, oh, well, they haven't said anything, so I better plan the
4: date.
0: Mm. Um, so like this, this guy I'm currently talking to, he's like to me, I want to go out for brunch with you. When can I go for brunch with you? I'm like, well, you make the date, you make the time and I'll be there. Great. (laughs) So I think what's made it easier to sort of talk to people too is I think I've gone a bit more confident with the whole being confrontational sort of aspects with that like script thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're not dating, but you're not, just friends but you're flirting it's it's a a really murky sort of area and it's um it's not fun to just be in a murky you want to sort of be in a certain place and be on the same page and have that communication really clear um we also had isaiah
3: mckimmy on the show too to talk a little bit about this um she wanted to talk about like how to be honest in dating which i think is something you've been absolutely nailing um let's have a refresh
2: So if you're clear that that you want something more serious and they're giving you either a no or they're not quite sure, you can just say something like, that's totally okay, I really respect that. I'm really enjoying spending time with you, but I want to be with someone who's a full yes to me. So if you're not or if in a couple of weeks you still don't know, I'm going to take that as a no and I think we should stop seeing each other.
3: Which is just such great advice and then Isaiah says like it's totally fine to throw in that ultimatum more time limit.
2: If you know that you've got feelings for this person and they're not ready to commit to you I would set a timeline on it because the deeper you go the more it's gonna hurt and it's really hard to change someone's mind. I you know I know that it happens or, um, you know, to be the person who's kind of waiting for the other person to be a yes.
3: Now, you've taken that advice right by the horns because yeah. you turned your time limit from two months down to 24 hours. Yeah, probably
0: 24 hours is a little strict. But, yeah. uh, but if, I just think, like, it's true. Like, if you just leave things linger longer, it's going to hurt when it does end up diminishing, uh, when, it, when you end up sort of ending things in parting ways you really just get hopeful and that's why past me was sort of trying because I was really hopeful and I still am now but it's just like it's not worth being hurt so much and disappointed and all that because at the end of the day, like, you still have you and that's important to sort of take care of yourself as well in that sense.
3: Yeah, so I'm really mm. glad that you um, have this really positive frame of mind about it. That's yeah. It's just so awesome to hear Oh well thank you so much for filling us in and um I'm just so impressed at the, the one eighty you've taken. Like you yeah, go go.
0: 'Cause I <laughs> honestly if I didn't have if I didn't have the hookup uh, by myself, I'd, I don't know what I'd be. <laughs> I don't know where I'd be. I feel so much more educated now. So yeah, I do have to thank uh, you and the team for just having this show. It's really been great.
3: Now, holding on to anger for an ex isn't good for you. It can fester and impact so many other parts of your life, like your future relationships. Back in October, Tom told us how he was holding anger for his ex and how it was sabotaging his new relationship. Here's how it all started.
1: So basically, about a year ago, I met this girl through a mutual friend and a club that we are both part of. Uh, we started dating And it was both our first time, uh, we were around about 19, getting into a serious adult relationship as we thought it was at the time. So we sort of took it quite slowly. I was feeling pretty good. I was enjoying it and I thought she was on the same page. But at about the six month mark, out of the blue, she dumped me, basically saying that she wasn't ready for a relationship and that she was never ready for a relationship and she shouldn't have let it get this far. I remember it was like a trap door opening up underneath me and I just fell. And I guess that anger just comes from betrayal in my mind. Whilst I, I, I fully respect that people need their own time. If you're being told that they're on the same page as you and they want that future as well, only for them to say actually, no, they take, not only to take that future away that you thought you had with them, but they also take away the last six months that you had with them and taint those memories thinking that they were just playing, playing along to make you happy. So what I thought was luckily COVID hit, we all went into lockdown here in Victoria. So I thought it gave me space to move on. So after a while I was feeling pretty confident I got back onto the dating scene uh, and started dating another girl. Both her and um, my ex, uh, I guess you would call cuddly, uh, built women, uh, very similar points in their lives, uh, wrapping up uni, sort of moving out of home, finding where they wanna be in the world. And about two months into this current relationship, uh, I started to feel uh, this anger towards my ex and it was manifesting towards my current relationship I started comparing the relationships in my head, saying, Oh, well, I wasn't at this point last time. Or I started even mixing up their names. Um, luckily, I didn't say it out loud, but in my head, I was mixing up the names and was finding it hard to disassociate events between the two relationships. So, my, my concern now is that I could be stringing along my current relationship. I only to have to end it because I'm not either ready, haven't moved on from my last relationship, or she's too similar uh, to my ex. And I feel I might have only started dating her to feel like I was never dumped in the first place, and maybe to get over my recent breakup, or to deal with COVID. And maybe I haven't had a chance to properly move on because of the double lockdown. I haven't been able to face her and confront my ex.
3: Such a serious conundrum. Tom wanted to know how he could manage this murky situation
1: with his new partner. I want to know if there's a way I can sort of make this relationship not a mask for my feelings of betrayal in the previous one. Or should I just get the hell out of here while it's still fresh and just say, look, I'm sorry I put you through this. Two months, no harm, no foul. Maybe in a month's time I'll feel better and we can come back to it. Like, I just want to know if I'm not only hurting myself but potentially putting uh, my current partner at hurt by continuing with these feelings about my ex.
3: So since the episode came out and he's had the chance to listen, what did he decide?
1: I guess getting the wider picture, we sort of came out of lockdown in Victoria shortly around about the time I was last on. And then since I was on, uh, listening to sort of, what other people had to say and what was brought up on the show, I realised that probably the best thing to do is to break off the current relationship I was in, you know, so I can focus on healing the the past feelings. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, focused on myself and my friends and my hobbies. It just sort of, I guess, faded away.
3: Part of one of your concerns, I suppose, was your hang-ups and and feelings about your your big ex um, influencing your future relationships. Are you more mindful of that now in dating?
1: Yes. So I I think as soon as I broke it off with the partner I was with at the time, I really focused on how I felt towards her and how the relationship went and ran through it on my head and said, well, this worked, this didn't work. This is what I want to take forward into the future. This is what I want to look for in a future partner. And taking that all on board was actually very, very helpful. And I think only good things came out of looking back retrospectively, seeing, I guess, what happens if I don't look back at these things and learn from them.
3: Yeah, that's awesome, like, learning and processing um, that it sounds like you've been able to do through all of this. So Marnie Lishman was the psychologist who joined us for that episode. Um, So let's have a listen to Marnie talking about anger as an emotion um especially like one that I know you really felt out of you know taking that out of your relationship with um with your ex and into the relationship with the partner who was so similar so let's like have a listen to what she said about how to process anger which is really its own kind of beast
5: how am i feeling right now is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it regret for something I've done? What is it? And just allow it to happen. You know, really allow yourself to feel like that. Then you need to talk to the people that you trust. It doesn't have to be they've cheated on you. It might just be I've been with this person for a long time and they've secretly not been feeling the same thing and now I don't trust someone. So a lot of times our, our values have been compromised. So I think we have to just be around the people that we trust that we love and talk through it and then move forward start thinking about what you want going forward because I think when we break up in relationships we spend a lot of time in the in a past try not to do that try and start creating that future and how you want to feel going forward and it's amazing if you can kind of um, elevate your emotions what awesome people you will attract in the future doing that rather than sitting in that poison of anger and re- resentment and regret too long. That's that's not a nice state to be in to attract a future partner.
3: Yeah, it, it's not a nice um, a headspace to, to be in. Do you feel like things have improved for you since you've gone through and processed that anger?
1: Oh, 110%. I think um, the moment I allowed myself to feel that and then, you know, work through it, it was a brilliant thing not just for me but it also prepared me to to see the um the big x when you know social things started up because our social circles were still connected in some way so working through that anger actually allowed me to move forward and be a decent person um and then you know elevating my feelings up and you know trying to look at the positives of what's happened in the past you know you can't change the past so you gotta look at the positives of it the lessons learned and being happy being single but then also being able to attract a partner who is much more suited to me and a much healthier relationship. What do you
3: think the future holds for you now? Um, how are you looking to, to what's coming up and are you feeling hopeful about um, your future relationship?
1: I'm feeling really hopeful. I think this has got a really good solid groundwork um, to go long term. I want to keep working on myself so I'm the best person I can be for this current relationship and, you know, approach every day as it comes, but also look forward to a future.
3: Okay, so we've got one last listener to catch up with. Anna, who was terrified of settling. She got in touch last month saying that while her current guy was perfect on paper, she wasn't feeling the chemistry she had with her previous partner. She started feeling doubt and it had her wondering if she could do better.
4: I ended a relationship in the middle of last year. Thought I was over that, started dating again. I'm now not sure if I'm not over that. I guess I'm trying to work out whether I commit to the person I've been dating. They're really keen to go down that path, but I've got some doubts. Is the doubts because I'm not into them or there's not this spark? Like, is there such a thing as a spark? Am I still not over my ex? Am I concerned or thinking that there'll be more people out there? You know, online dating, there are so many people and like, I met this guy pretty quick, is that a sign? But then other times it's really good. And on paper, you know, if I was to write down all the things about him and what I'm looking for in a partner, he ticks all the boxes. So what's holding you back then? I guess I've got this feeling that there's something. Is it, I don't know, he's a bit boring, but is that enough? (laughs) Oh,
3: no. You know what they do say? They say when you're sort of, when things are good and you're compatible and everything's like functional, that that can be boring.
4: Yeah, but... I don't know. And like the sex is okay, but shouldn't we want to like at the start of dating, like you just want to be ripping each other's clothes off. And yeah, I guess I've got a bit of a gut feeling. People say, trust your gut. My gut keeps changing. It's mind. He's a hundred percent in, I think would marry me tomorrow. Maybe that's scary. I like his company, but I think I'm subconsciously comparing him to my ex and we don't get along quite as well like he doesn't make me laugh as often yeah maybe sexually there's not as much chemistry but he's a really nice guy it's like on paper he is handy kind to me he's attractive solid family values driven very emotionally intelligent like we've got similar interests does all the things that you want from a partner
3: do you feel like with more time you'll be able to develop feelings? I I think so,
4: but then I'm concerned that maybe more time would mean that I end up just settling. And maybe if you shouldn't know by now, you should know.
3: Are you scared of settling?
4: Yes, but I'm also getting to like a pivotal age in my dating life, and I'm scared of not finding anyone.
3: How old are you, if I may ask? I'm 30. Okay. Tell me why you're feeling this and where this feeling comes from.
4: Probably I always imagined having a relationship with someone that was supportive and exciting and full of love and lust. And maybe my last relationship was like that. I think I'm also idealising, idealising that though. Mm -hmm. And this one doesn't feel... Quite the same but it's good in lots of ways too maybe I'm yeah I might be scared of getting involved but also I'm thinking there's that like well if this is okay but not amazing will there be more okays but not amazing but what if I say no to this one and then I never find another okay like at some point it should be enough and we should just be say actually that this person you get along with them they're kind you've got some similar interests but yeah give it a crack
3: So she wanted to know how to feel comfortable and content with the present and delete Tinder.
4: When do we say, actually, this is good enough? Like when do we stop looking for the next best thing and just be like, I'm content. I am happy with this. I need to not like look at Tinder and see that there's 20 other single possibly available people that could be better out there and just enjoy what's happening for as long as it feels okay.
3: So did she get there? And is she still with her partner despite what was going through her head?
4: Still seeing the same guy, have made a bit more of a formal commitment to him in the sense of I was like, if we're going to work, it is only going to work if we are all in. So have made that choice, which I think has been good. And overall we're kind of long distance but not compared to um, some others, but it means we don't see each other all the time. So I think that potentially doesn't always help, but... I still do find myself wondering when we're apart. I'm like, oh, should I be thinking about him more? You know, is this
1: a sign?
3: And have you deleted Tinder? Yes, I have. Yay! Yay! Snaps me.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. When we spoke last time, you talked about the lack of a spark as defined by, I suppose, that that real oh my God, I'm so in love, infatuated feeling. Um,
4: Have you found that or? Oh, not really. He has it. I've talked to him about it and he's like, I feel it. Like, oh shit. Um,
1: There are moments
4: where I'm definitely like thinking about him or look at him or he's doing things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm attracted to you. Like this is good, but it's not that same intense kind of desire and thoughts and feelings that it has been with other people
3: have your thoughts on needing that change though since the episode and some of the things we talked about
4: yeah like maybe a bit I guess I'm just trying to remind myself that all relationships are different and what you have with one person is going to be so much different with to what you have with someone else so like there's no point comparing them every human's different have you are you still really scared of settling oh like yes and no I think that the word settling has like a negative connotation to it so maybe it's more about like choosing and right now I'm trying to make that conscious decision to say that like this is what I'm choosing now and it doesn't have to be forever and like take away that kind of pressure of like these expectations.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dr. Jerry Karantis, uh, one of our experts who studies relationships, also uh, said this about I guess the idea that w- when things feel right and when they don't and w- how worth it, it is to work on the relationship.
0: If the relationship is meeting people's core emotional needs, love, comfort, feeling secure, feeling supported, engaging in lots of kind of positive activities where you enjoy your time together, and all these other elements that matter in relationships, then you do have to ask yourself the question, so what is actually missing? And if some say, well, there are some things that are potentially missing, whether it be a great sex life, whether it be, uh, you know, more common interests, then the question becomes, well, are those deal breakers or can you work on them? And if you haven't worked on them, then how are you going to work on them?
3: Yeah. And, and I think that one hit me, um, hearing about your story because like, as we've caught up, it sounds like you're doing all the right things and you're doing the work and, um, this guy of yours like meets those meets those core needs right yeah like fundamentally and I think
0: I knew
4: that last time you know I was saying that on paper he ticks the boxes and he does in terms of those those core things around um, like trust and love and similar interests and security and safety and the ability to have conversation you know all of those things good family values are all things that I want from a person and so yeah I think that part of that conversation where jerry was talking did kind of hit home to me and really got me thinking about well what what's important and you know yes there might be one or two things missing like a spark or that there's a hobby or something that you're not particularly interested in or you know something like that but actually is that a fundamental thing and kind of re-evaluating what my desires and expectations are and that it's probably someone isn't always going to tick every one of your books and that's okay. And then in terms of like working on stuff,
1: I think we are, and
4: we're getting better. And just me making that conscious choice around choosing to want to work on it has helped.
3: Yeah. And so I guess like looking forward um, to your future, how do you see you guys going? Like um, where do you think you're gonna end up and um how are you gonna apply these lessons when um things get tricky
4: <laughs> uh, I still have no idea and like I'm still a bit like don't want to plan things too far in advance because I'm a bit like I'm committed but uh, how committed am I <laughs> so I guess that's a, that's a sign in and of itself but yeah like it's it's going well it's kind of exciting I think my whole life you know, compared to this time last year is so different to what I imagined and as a planner that has kind of thrown me so part of the last few months have been like a, a self-discovery journey in lots of areas, not just related to my relationship, but that has been part of it. So I don't really know. I think we're going to keep having some fun, keep meeting some more of each other's friends, doing some activities together and just kind of see what, see what happens and where that space goes.
3: Thank you so much to everyone who shared their stories and updated us on what's happening in their lives. It's so gratifying for me to hear that this show really does help and it changes your attitudes and perspectives on love, sex and relationships. There's been so much great learning and it's been really, really heartening for me. I'm just... I'm chuffed. So if you want to be involved, if you want to be part of this process, if you want to chat to me and get some help with a love dilemma, then hit us up on Instagram at Triple J the Hookup, or you can email the hookup at abc.net.au. Also, if you want to catch up on any of the past podcasts that feature the stories you've heard on this episode, then go check out the links in our show notes. Catch you next time.